Hey, this is John Gunter with the Eagle Community Church of Christ. Thanks for tuning into our podcast again this week. This week we dive into, again, a stronger summer, but we're talking about hospitality. How does hospitality play into our lives? Do we even think about it? So we'll dive into a few scriptures dealing with hospitality and challenge our church to really think about loving our neighbor in this way. So again, thanks so much for listening. Uh Welcome again. We are again in the midst of this summer series of encouraging each other to move closer and closer to God throughout uh, this, this summer, which is pivotal in, our, in the life of this church. I started out the, uh, the first service by talking about this is, uh, I've been wanting to preach on this, but the timing has been, well, do you preach on hospitality during a pandemic? <laughs> And so uh, I want to put a, just a little asterisk on this to begin, that this is all, I want you to all be safe in, in what you do with, with the, uh, in, res, in regards to COVID. So, uh, but I do want to point us back to Scripture and for us to understand uh, really what hospitality is. Because for most of us, I think hospitality is, for the most part, the hospitality we show our friends. Anybody there? It's kind of, kind of what we do. It's, it's we have a, a friend group and we want to invite those people over. And because we invited them, they will invite us. And so hospitality kind of has a ebb and flow of something like that. But since my housing situation has been so crazy, by the way, I stayed in my house last night, which was fantastic. Um, no. No hot water and smoke alarms going off all night, so it does not deserve a clap. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I at least need some some warm water. Give me give me something. But so since my housing situation has been so crazy, we have had to rely on the hospitality of others, which is hard for me to do sometimes. And so the, the, first, the first time we came to interview and everything, we stayed with the McCartneys. And their hospitality was such that they, they accepted us in and they loved us. And uh, we really had a connection that we hadn't had in a long time because of the pandemic. And when we left, you know, Katie was upset. And our boys wanted to stay. And Logan thought Becca was her, his grandma. I said, no, you cannot say that. You cannot call her your grandma. She's not. Uh, no. But they, they loved on us. And I've gotten to experience that. So many people um, just keep inviting us to, to stay in their homes or to come and eat or to take care of some need for us. And that is fantastic. And we are thankful because a lot of you, we don't even know. Um, I think it was Renee last week handed me a card. She's like, I know you don't remember my name, so I'm going to give you a card and write my name on it and number and everything uh, so you have a, a way to, to reach me. Uh, and, and so that's fantastic. But I want to encourage us you know, as the main point of this lesson to go back to Scripture and see what Scripture says about, about being hospitable, that it's not just about being hospitable towards those people you know and are comfortable with, uh, those people who you know if you have over to the house are not going to get in a screaming match about politics or, you know, 
uh, we're so safe and guarded as far as how we have people over or the things we put on it. Like, I will have people over only if my house is cleaned and perfect. Now, I get cleaning up for people, and you should probably do that. But once you become friends, if you still have to be, have a perfect house for you to remain friends, you're not actually friends. You're something else. You're somebody that needs something or, you know, something's going on there. And so I just want to encourage us, and, and hopefully through this, through this lesson today, we have a, a better understanding of what Scripture calls us to do uh, and, and to be as far as hospitable towards other people. So we start out here in Romans 12 as Paul says this. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Have you heard that theme throughout this series? Now, you, you, we're growing closer to God. Like every week, I'm not trying Every week we come to a passage that says, love one another. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Keep that energy up. Keep that love for God and love for each other up that you're able to do something. You want to do something. It's, it's, it's coming out of you. Sometimes it feels like a struggle. Don't, don't get me wrong. But keep that up. And he says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And then at the end of this, he says, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And I think we grab this as more of our example of what hospitality is, that it's, that it's towards the people we know or like or think we'll be comfortable with. But the majority of Scripture actually points somewhere else, that the majority of Scripture is to show hospitality towards the stranger. And we're going to see that in just a second. So uh, Jesus never calls us, God never calls us just to comfort, does he? Let's read together in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, uh, Peter, so we were in Paul, okay, Paul's letter. Now Peter, the end of all things is, is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Listen, I'm not trying. That's just what, that's just what the Bible's preaching to us. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That when we talk about these things, as we preach these sermons, we say, what can I take away from this? What can I grab onto and put into practice right now? It's that you love each other. Well, what does that look like? You show hospitality to one another. And a lot of times that may not even make sense. Because what makes sense is to have those people you're comfortable with, those people in your family, a church like this who's got so many family ties, I'm still trying to figure it out. That makes sense. Got family and friends over. What doesn't make sense is to offer to take someone out to eat that you don't know. Or to have someone in your home that may be your neighbor that you really haven't gotten to know yet. But that's what Jesus calls us to do. So we've got Paul, Peter. Let's talk about uh, the Hebrew writer. We don't know the author of Hebrews. It says, keep on loving one another. Anybody getting this yet? Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have... I, I'm, I left out the so. I'm, I apologize. For doing so... Uh, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. 
Anybody comfortable with that this morning? By doing this, by showing this hospitality, it is possible that you have entertained, that you have helped out angels and not even known it. Now, in churches of Christ, those of you who have churches of Christ background, if you don't, this will be, this will be helpful as well. But churches of Christ, our movement uh, comes from Alexander Campbell and Barton Stone as far as the way it is today. And they were heavily influenced by a person like Francis Bacon. So you've got a, a, a philosophy there that I need to test everything. You guys seen that in your church? Yeah, I got to test everything, right? And, and so, but, but testing for Francis Bacon is, can I sense it with one of the five senses? So can I hear, taste, touch, you know, feel, smell, all those things? And so when it comes to spiritual things, a lot of times that doesn't fit in the box. And so when we come to a passage like this, we kind of like, oh, what are we doing here? What do I do with this? So offer hospitality to your brothers and sisters. Love them, but also don't forget to show hospitality to the strangers because it's very possible you're entertaining, entertaining an angel. Now, I'm going to share a story that I do not know if this is the case, but I think I may have done this before. Not in showing my hospitality, but being present. Uh, me and, I guess it was uh, Katie and I were, were in an adult class in Texarkana, Texas. And uh, one Wednesday night, I had been working with a, a fantastic young man. He was in, in college. He was still trying to find his way. Uh, he had a lot of deep questions. He, he, you ever been around somebody that's a lot younger than you, and they ask questions you're like, why didn't I think of that? Man, that is deep. That, that's the kind of guy he was. And so he was always struggling with something or, or asking me questions like, man, I don't know. Uh, but he was in the midst of this, this, um, this struggle, I guess you would say. And we went to class that one night, and he was with us. And this stranger came in that nobody knew. Wasn't from around there. And we introduced ourselves to him, you know. And, and the answer they gave about why they were there was kind of like vague and almost ominous. Especially looking back on it, it's like, what did he mean by that? And several weeks later, when they didn't come back, we thought, oh, man, that might have been that. But what they said in the class, like they spoke up one time to say something, and what they said about the discussion we were all having, not about my buddy's problem, but what they said about the discussion we were all having perfectly fit what he needed to hear. And several weeks later, when we realized they didn't come back, we, you know, we had come to this passage, we're going, is that what happened? Did God work this way? Now, a lot of us aren't comfortable with that. We're like, well, I, I can't prove it, so it, it certainly didn't happen, right? But that's what Scripture says. The Hebrew writer is saying, this could happen. And look what Jesus says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels are with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd that separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord... When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in or needed clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? 
The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, church, what does he say? You did it for me. That's right. And so maybe you're not comfortable with thinking that maybe this stranger in front of you is an angel. Maybe that doesn't hit home for you. You're like, ah, I'm not good with that. But Jesus says, everything you do for someone else like this, you are doing directly for him. So church, why does it make sense for us to then try to make excuses for why we can't? Because that's all we do. Because my house isn't clean enough, because I'm not comfortable enough, or, or this, or that, or another. And Jesus is knocking at your door. And I, I, I believe I have experienced that, that, that you guys have, have offered hospitality towards me, and you have done that to Jesus just as much as you have done that to me. I'm probably not as good a house guest as he is. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for later on. Becca, you, you can answer questions. But how many times do we just make excuses for why we can't do something, and Jesus is sitting there saying, if you're doing it at all, you're doing it for me. The negative of that is if you're not doing it, what? You're not doing it for him. But all we do is we, we try to figure out reasons why we can't. And maybe even worse, my default is to try and be even with people. Like because Heath and Becca opened up their homes, now I open up mine, and so there's kind of an economy there, Right? That because you did something for me, I'm going to do something for you, and now we're even. That feels, that feels right. And so uh, the worst thing, not really, but the worst thing that's happened to me was I lost my job. I was, uh, I was laid off because of a corporate restructuring. And uh, so we were, you know, newlywed. We hadn't, I don't think we had Evan quite yet. Maybe we had. But uh, we, uh, we just didn't know what to do. You know, all of a sudden you find yourself laid off. Uh, your boss comes in from a distant city on a, you know, early week morning. That's not a good sign. Hey, we're restructuring. But what, what, the worst thing that happened, as I say that, was we went to the mailbox during this whole time, and I had a $500 Visa gift card. And you know whose name was on it? Nobody's. So what can John not do then? I can't pay you back. I can't even thank you. I mean, the least I can do is say thank you, right? Put your name on it so I can thank you for what you've done for me because at least then I feel like I have given something back, right? But here these people, these people knew something I didn't know and, and that I, I needed that lesson that I could not, I cannot repay all of the gifts that are given to me. And especially as I think about my relationship with, with God, Sometimes it feels like, you know, as long as I'm good enough that I, I can work my way or something, that I'm giving enough back to God when God's grace is free and you can't do anything about it. But he offers it freely, and that's what he calls us to do with hospitality is to offer it to people, and that is our practical way of showing love. Anybody seen uh, um, Big Bang Theory? Anybody watch that? Okay, so have you seen the episode, the Christmas episode, where Sheldon is getting a gift from Penny? Have you seen that? That's what I'm talking about. And, and he understands Christmas to be, 
He doesn't want a gift because he knows when he gets a gift, he has to return a gift of equal value. And so he, what do, what do women want? So he goes to somewhere like Bed Bath & Beyond, and he gets like every size of gift basket. And his plan is when he gets the gift, he will look at it, kind of calculate the value. He said, I will feign intestinal distress. I'll grab my stomach. You know, nobody's asking questions. You grab your stomach, you know, Ugh. okay, let him alone. But he's going to go back in the room and grab a gift basket that is equal to the value that he has received. And so that, that is his idea, and that's a lot of times how we act. Now, for those of you who haven't seen that episode, I'll go ahead and, and give you the, the ending. She gives him a gift from, anybody remember Star Trek? So Leonard Nimoy had come into her restaurant and signed a napkin for her. And not only that, but he'd wiped his mouth with it. And he's a, a physicist, so he's like, all I need is a healthy ovum, and I can grow my own Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. And so, so he, he gets this fantastic gift. And so he, he does the stomach thing. He goes back in his room. He brings back every gift basket he bought, like holding it like this. And she said, oh, Sheldon. He said, I know it's not enough. So he's trying to calculate the value. And here scripture is telling us, this is how you love deeply, is to give this freely. Because just like if your, your friendship hinges on how clean your house is, if, if your friendship with someone else hinges on whether or not you have given enough or they have given enough in, in your eyes, that's not true friendship. That's not true love. And listen, I'm, I'm preaching to you this morning from someone who I had, I had five other guys help me load or unload a, a small load yesterday in 20 minutes, which would have taken me two hours at least. And my first thing is I want to pay them. But then my second thought is, but I wouldn't want them to pay me if I did it. And so I, I've got to be okay receiving gifts. And that's whether it's from somebody else or from God. And because I have received these gifts from other people and from God, I give freely. Then I look at someone else and say, this is how I love my neighbor. That's one of the things we do is, well, who, who should I have to do this with? And Jesus tells a parable of the Good Samaritan, doesn't he? Who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love? And the crazy thing is, is that Jesus, when he does these parables, he picks the people they would like the least to be the hero of the story. And then says, you be a neighbor like this. You be this kind of person to everyone even someone that maybe you don't agree with. It feels at times like this, our culture is so divided that we have to kind of wall things off. If I, if I watch one news channel and you watch another, we've got to be mortal enemies or something. Does it feel like that sometimes? I mean, that's just the way it feels. Uh, I was talking to Valentine right before service. We were talking about hospitality. He said, yeah, he said, it feels like, you know, Everybody just goes to their home and makes sure you got the deadbolt locked. Nobody's getting in here, and it does feel like that. And we see so many, so many negative things on the, on the news or violence or stuff that we, we feel pretty scared to have people over. But why don't we take somebody out to eat if you're going today? As this church grows, you are going to be disconnected at times. You guys know that we have moved to Mont Bellevue with the hopes that this church will grow, right? That we will reach more people for 
Jesus. Now, when I say grow, I'm not saying we're just happy with numbers. But we're coming here hoping and praying that we can reach more people for Jesus Christ. But with that comes some discomfort. One of the questions I asked the elders right before I took this job, I said, are you guys ready? Because you say you want to grow this church, and I said, as soon as you start growing this church, people will start griping immediately. Anybody experienced that in church before? It just kind of happens, doesn't it? I asked him in first service. I said, you know, we, we gripe about the, the dumbest things. Uh, I said, probably some of you are upset that we don't have pews here. I said, but then I remembered, you know, Lakewood kind of had the, the stadium seating for a while. I said, surely you guys didn't gripe about losing the stadium seating. Yeah. Like, have you sat in one of these padded chairs? You want stadium seating? Are you kidding me? But we're all the time griping about something. Actually, in, in church growth, there are several, like, growth barriers. Like, once you get to so many people, it's going to be some tension. And we are in that, uh, especially pre-COVID with the, with the numbers uh, you guys had in a membership. There's such a, a, such a thing as a 200-member barrier. It's not that God doesn't want to grow the church larger than that. It's that the people in the church put their heels in the sand and say, stuff is changing and I don't like it. There are people here I don't know. I don't feel connected anymore. Uh, I'm losing my small church feel. And guess what? Who cares? Who cares? In all the scripture I read you this morning from uh, Peter, from Paul, from Jesus, from the Hebrew writer, did anything come up about your comfort? Do you ever remember a story where somebody came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, I will follow you as long as I'm comfortable? He says, as long as you're comfortable. We'll keep it nice and easy for you, right? Is that what Jesus said? Ever? A man comes up to Jesus and says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, hold on. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. The son of man does not have a place to lay his head. Because following me is going to be hard. And so you've got to understand or you've got to make a decision today if your firm foundation that we just sang about is your comfort, is everything going on what I would choose? Do I feel connected like I need to or feel like I need to? Or is your firm foundation Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel, the good news about him? Because one of, you lead, one of those ideas leads you to, toward a Burger King-like atmosphere. I want it my way. And if it's not my way, I'm going to make some noise. And the other one leads you to Jesus. I've been a part of uh, larger churches. Anybody else been like four or 500 or bigger? Anybody been there? Okay, a few of you have. I'll tell you what changes. You have to let go of knowing everybody. Can't happen. But the people you do know, you are just as close to as if you were just in a church of 30. Because the ministries you get involved with, the, the things you choose to do, you connect with people who also have that passion. You become like brothers and sisters. One of the most pivotal times in my life, the reason that probably I'm standing before you right now, is being a part of a church that size, about 500, and we had a young adult class that really helped us grow together. We did Francis Chan's Crazy Love, and we, got, we started getting involved in like homeless ministry and just serving together. And so in the midst of 500, we've got a small group that is going after it. And I started noticing I was spiritually maturing. 
I was getting serious about my faith. My faith was growing from what it used to be when I was immature into something that, no, this is mine, and this is the way I'm going to live my life. That's, that's what changes. But we will gripe and we will make excuses about why we cannot accept more visitors because I don't know them. I'll tell you one of the biggest things about that church was how welcoming it was. I think it was probably the first Sunday night that we visited. Um, a woman named Donna turned around in her pew and said, would y'all like to go to eat with us? She didn't know us from anybody else. But they were going to eat, and they thought, let's take other folks with us. And I want to encourage us. Where I grew up, I was talking earlier to Valentine that where I grew up, there was no eating after service because there was nowhere to eat. <laughs> it was, what is mama cooking? That's it. But right here, man, we, we have got ways you can invite somebody to your house. If you're going to eat, why don't you grab somebody that maybe you don't know very well? Just, hey, would you come, come eat with me? Start that hospitality. You don't have to have somebody over. You don't have to have the finest food. Just show love to people. There is something that happens when you go to someone's house and you sit down at their table and you eat a meal together. I think some of you have experienced it. This church has experienced it this, this uh, summer in the, the groups that are meeting in houses. As soon as we move those groups to the church, what happened? Because, man, when I'm sitting around your table, I've said this up here before, when I'm sitting around your table, uh, I get to know you. Not the church version of you, hopefully, but I get to know you. And if you come to my house, you get to know me and, and how I live life, and you see my family. And we just need more of that, y'all. We need to encourage it. We need to be um, examples of it. I can't go eat today. I know everybody's busting to invite me to eat. I've got to fly to Nashville, Tennessee here in just a little bit, so I'm, I'm in a rush. But let me encourage you, if this church is going to grow like you want it to, and I know you want it to, not just for numbers, but for people to, to, to reach souls, the idea is that there are going to be a lot of people moving in here over the next 10, 15 years. What kind of church do you want them to find here? One that's open and accepting and ready to love people that aren't from here? Or people that have already chosen their group and we're kind of done. We're kind of done the um, country club thing where we get to accept or deny. As somebody who's moving in here right now, I want us to be open. I want us to be loving. I want us to be people who are ready and, and waiting and let's show our faith through our love for, for people we don't even know because we think they're coming. Let's be ready. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, God, we are, Lord, we are thankful for all the blessings that you, Lord, that you continually give to us. Lord, for the grace that you have bestowed on us, Lord, without us doing a thing. Lord, that you say even before, while we were sinners, it wasn't anything we did. God, but you lavish it on us. Father, as we have just read from your word from several places about Lord, being hospitable, Lord, would you encourage us, convict us? Lord, help, help the opportunities this week to become apparent. 
Uh, Lord, put people in our path that need someone. Lord, that they need a conversation, that they need uh, a cup of coffee, uh, that they need a, a meal together. God, help us to see those people. And Lord, we're praying that you send people our way as this city is prepared to grow. Lord, this, uh, we pray that this church is open and ready to receive those people. God, help us to be salt and light everywhere we go. Uh, Lord, just uh, help us to, to show that love toward each other, Lord, first, and, uh, and just continually show it to other folks. God, would you bless us as, um, as we go this, uh, this way? Help us to put our faith in action. Help us to uh, really just go to a deeper love, a love that is, is not superficial, that is not surface level, Lord, but it is deep, that it is substantial. God, just bless us all of that in. Lord, forgive us when we fail you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say one more thing. As I was, I was thinking about those guys who helped unload, I want to have a deeper relationship with people. I don't want to be our I don't want our relationships to be an economy, a give and take, a balance sheet. When Heath came and unloaded my trailer and his boys. Thank you, boys, wherever you are. You know, we, we could just say, hey, I'll get you next time, and we'll make that up. Or he could call me next time, and I'll help him, not because he helped me, but because I love him. He's my brother. And that's how we show our deeper love. And then you can figure out the whole angel thing after that. How about that? We're going to offer an invitation. If there's anything we can pray for you, we'd, we'd love to do that. If you'd like to be baptized and put on uh, Jesus Christ this morning, we'd love to do that as well. Would you come as we stand and sing.